1: I think what I've learned throughout life, if I, if I accumulated all the things I've learned, weirdly enough, is if I'm going to fucking fail, I'm going to fucking fail on my own terms. And there's no uncertain terms to that. Sometimes here we get into questions of, well, what strategy should we do? And so-and-so does this. You, you know as well as I do in the coaching industry. So-and-so does this kind of often. And so-and-so does this. And so-and-so does this. And and I'm like, stop. Those are great. This is what we're going to do. And I want to do it. And if I can inspire other people just to be unashamedly themselves and bring out their genius I think that is the thing that I want more than anything else because one of the problems in life is that we always think about what about this person judging what about this person judging if we're worried about these people judging you you will never bring out your genius and if you never bring out your genius you will never have raving fans which you are guaranteed to have if and when you decide to stand tall in your own skin how you
0: day how you day That was the voice of James Lamb. James is a marketing specialist and he has created an amazing company called Look Ahead Marketing. We discussed this in the podcast, but he has a different approach to marketing, to business, to entrepreneurship. He discusses what he believes is missing in today's world, the heart. How can we get that heart to be the engine of our companies? How can we ensure that it's not just seen as this woo-woo thing that doesn't have any practical application in our business day-to-day, the bottom line, and just who we are as people. I think you find a lot of interesting insights in this episode, and you're also gonna find some disagreements that we have. It's all in good fun, though. Disagreements are great as long as it leads to growth. So enjoy the episode, and thank you all for continuing to support. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of As Told by Nomads, and today's guest is James Lamb. Now, James is the owner of, of Wait, what? Lamb? Look Ahead Marketed,
1: right? Who who even does that, Tio, Who even uses their last name in, in the title?
0: <laughs> I know. I saw that earlier and I was like, I'm going to make sure I, I uh, bring that up. But no, I, I love that because your use of your last name actually means look ahead marketing. I love acronyms. Anyone who knows me knows that I'm all about acronyms and frameworks. And what James does is that he helps heart-centered entrepreneurs to discover their superpowers and then use those gifts to shape their business into a change-making enterprise, which we need in today's world. Yes. He's got a 12-week signature program, which we'll have the link for in the show
1: notes. But today we want to learn all about James. So welcome to the show. Thanks, Tayo. I'm curious. I've never done this before, but do you want to start with that name? the LAM, L-A-M, look-ahead marketing thing. Let's do it. So this is what I do, okay? And Tayo was kind enough to talk a little bit about it, but I work with online healers, course creators, and coaches. And one of the biggest things that we always deal with is going to be some sort of imposter syndrome, some sort of, I don't belong here, I don't have enough training, who's going to listen to me? And one of the things that I had in my old paradigm is my name. Because you can imagine, Tayo, during high school, you know, James Lamb, what is he? Some kind of sheep. The things that people, you know, kids are cruel, right? Kids, yeah. <laughs> you know, that as well as I do, right? We have two little ones, but um, they would make fun of me. So one of the things that I knew if I was going to ever get anywhere was I had to deal with this paradigm of my last name, Lamb. And so that's why I made it the acronym. So it was kind of no embarrassment anymore. We're just going to go forward as James Lamb. And it's funny because it's one of the things that I teach other people to do is embrace what they do.
0: And I love is the reason I was struggling at the kids' thing is because I remember when when I was younger in middle school I moved around a lot and you know kids would make fun of you they'll tell you what they think of your hair or your accent and your food and you said you have two little ones I have two little ones are four and seven it means that they're always curious right they're always open they notice a lot of different things and the distinction between life that I've noticed in my in my work I always say at some point as you grow older it's very important to be childlike but not be childish, right? There's a difference, you know? So that childlike nature of understanding curiosity, seeing what is there, and then even just trying to explore that, I think is a lot of what's missing in today's entrepreneurship world. There's a lot of strategy, right? Which is great, and I study strategy. But in addition to strategy, how do you get your personality infused? How do you expand your personality in that sense? So my question to you is then, how does that become something we can do in today's world where we need it? Actual change makers and not people just giving lip
1: service. That's a that's a really interesting question. So, you know, you and I can riff on school all day. <laughs> let, let, let's be perfectly honest. You know, what's interesting? Cause I one of the things I do before going on a podcast is I always have my notes together. Like I was listening to a couple episodes and I always write down what, what's going on. And one of the things that we can riff on is school, but that's that's not the point, right? The question you asked is, is really a salient one. And, and one of the things I teach people to do is build a business around themselves. This is the honest to God truth, right? And one of the challenges that we have is, you know, I talked about an imposter syndrome in the very beginning of this recording, right? And one of the things that people have to understand is everybody can be successful. This is the honest country. Everybody can be successful, but you got to get out of the mind frame that someone else has the answer, or you need to be somebody else to be successful. I remember one of the first, very first things I had when Lamb first started. And I, I remember doing this. We had a webinar going, and I would listen to Russell Brunson's, and he had a webinar structure at the time. And I would listen to Amy Porterfield, and she would have a webinar structure. And then I became Russell Brunson and Amy Porterfield in the tone of my voice and then what I would say and, and things like that. And shockingly enough, it didn't work. Would you believe, Tayo? I mean, you have been someone else. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's it. And people can see that. And one of the things that I sit there, especially with my mastermind people, with my, you know, Tayo mentioned superpower to business success, is just be yourself. You can build a business just on Facebook. You can build a business just on emails. You can build a business just on YouTube. Now, the truth is, if you leverage all of them, they're going to be better, but more is not necessarily better. And this is the mistake most people make. They see somebody and they say, you know what? is a really cool guy. I'm going to do a podcast. Great. How are we going to leverage that podcast? I don't know. But Tayo is really cool in the other podcast. So I'm going to have a podcast. that shit is not going to work unless you actually figure out how to build it around your own genius. Well, how did you build it around your own genius? I had to fail so many times. It wasn't funny. And I had nothing left but myself at the end. <laughs> and I'm chuckling and, and it's kind of a funny story. And at the end of the day, it's true. I'm going to go super geeky for a second. Okay. Super nerdy. So I, I was a big Star Trek fan. Still am, to be honest. I, I was a big Star Trek Next Generation fan that came out in the 80s. In the very first episode, there is this all knowing God called Q. Anyways, for those of you who are listening to Star Trek, you'll, you'll be nodding your heads right now. And Q puts humanity on trial. And he takes basically the enterprise and he says, show me your best stuff. And the first officer turns to the captain and says, you know, now now that we have this all-knowing Q watching our every move, what do we do? And the captain calmly says, you know, if we're going to be damned, let's be damned for who we are. If we're going to make this about a trial, about humanity, then let's do it for the people we are. If we're going to fail as entrepreneurs, let's fail as the people who we are. And the irony is when you have that kind of attitude and you throw everything you've got at something, you end up succeeding. In a true heart and soul and, and, and mind and spirit, like you end up succeeding. I agree with that. And
0: I love when people bring up failures and what they learn from it, because there's always a, you know, a breadcrumb or several, several breadcrumbs that lead you to actually becoming your best self. So in one of your many failures, or maybe you can even bring up examples, what was that shift in your head where you said, No, the business needs to be helping other healers because I actually have this gift of seeing something that they don't see, and I can bring that out of
1: them. That's kind of why Look Ahead Marketing was all started, okay? This is my third business, Antio. So the first two, one is still around, is about to be sold, which is awesome. The second one, we sold already. This is the third one. Now, the challenge is the first two were built out of strategy and consciousness, I don't know if anybody here has done this, but the question I was asking myself at the time is, what is the smartest way I can build a business? Like, I'm so smart. Everybody tells me I'm so smart. What is the smartest way I can do this? And what's the way I can structure this so I can show how smart I am compared to everybody else? And the truth is, they both sucked in the beginning years. Growth was, especially in the early years, based on hustle and grind. My paradigm was around working harder than anybody else, working long hours. Work, 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 and those two mediocrely successful businesses, what I really sacrificed was not just the time, but the family and the health and the happiness. It always left me with the question: I knew I could do more, and there was this really empty feeling. I don't know if you've ever had that Tayo, or people in the audience might be nodding right now. "Oh my gosh, yes." Yes." They're like, "Oh my God, I'm working my core for a job, and somehow my senior VP of accounting is not paying. We are all cut out for more, my friends. On a whim, I went to a three-day event. It was called JVology. It was filled with coaches, healers. We talked about the healer, right? Course created a bunch of people effortlessly making six-plus figures, and they were helping each other, and they had a quality of life that was, and they were very, very happy. More importantly, they built a business around themselves, and that's what I learned through trial and error. And now I do the same thing, help other people do it. It's both the scariest and most liberating thing people will ever do.
0: The exposition of fear and freedom, you know, those two F's, like I like to say, the fear and freedom often have the same ingredients behind that or the same engine. The freest thing you can do is probably the scariest thing for some people,
1: which is to be yourself. This is the funny thing. So you can tell we teach strategy, we teach messaging, we teach marketing, and we never do it for them. I want to be abundantly clear. It's never a done we call it done for you in the in the industry. We never do it for you. It's never done for you. It's done with you because. When you actually struggle through it, you actually end up end up, up loving. Right. Now, there's really three determinants on how people get success. Number one is authenticity. How authentic are you with yourself? And that, that's kind of the underlying grounding we have. Most people that work in my world are typically pretty authentic because they're healers and coaches and they've gone through some kind of trauma to get where they are, right? And they're helping others to do the same. Exactly. Number two is strategy. We provide a lot of the strategy. We tell them not just what to do, but what not to do. So they have all the time to get this done. Now, the third piece, the third plank that misses more often than not for the first six figures is going to be the courageous action piece. That's where most of my people, and if you're kind of nodding, you're like with big eyes, you're like, oh God, like I think I'm there, right? That's okay because it's human nature. Yeah, yeah. So the three things again, authenticity, most people are pretty authentic in my world anyways. Number two, strategy. What did the strategy get you there? A lot of the time, someone like Tayo or myself or somebody else, you can learn the strategy to get there. The third one, the courageous action part, my friend, that is more often than not what stops people. I say something like, "Look, you got to go on your Facebook. You got to tell people what you do. You got to tell them now you're a business coach. You got to tell them now you're a creative, creative entrepreneur. Whatever it is. Oh, I'm just waiting for the for Mars to get out of Gatorade, and my mother-in-law is coming next week, and da 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 da. We continue to make excuses until it just never happens.
0: I cannot tell you how many conversations I've had like that where person knows, um, you know, they're good at recognizing something, they have these things, but they're waiting for maybe the perfect light or they need to move to this place or they feel like they're in another job, but they just want to do it six months from now. They don't feel like they're quite ready. And I think a lot of times with social media, many people feel like they have to be so perfect. Otherwise, the audience wouldn't affect them. But they miss out on what you said early. The first one, if you just show up as authentically you, you're going to eventually build an audience and then obviously look at your life. You failed multiple times, and I, I always talk to my audience about my failures, but that idea of failing is, is actually practicing your greatness because you're getting to see the feedback from the audience. Oh, they like that. They don't like that. That doesn't go. Maybe I'll try this. That person pointed this out. This is a good point. I thought this, but maybe shift, right? It's an interesting thing, and this is going to segue into this TikTok and Reel thing. What do you feel about people's aversion to TikTok and Reels, or do you feel like they're right when they are? saying they don't want to
1: put their brand out. Tell, tell me what you're thinking. Tell me about the aversion you're talking about.
0: So when TikTok first came out, it came out before the pandemic, but they were, during the pandemic, a lot of people started using it even more. That was just a dance, and it's a dancing thing. It's a dancing thing. That's a dance video. I'm only going to use voiceovers. But now I've started to see a movement with a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of heart-centered entrepreneurs who are using it to tell stories and even track clients. But I also hear the conversation around that, like, why would I do that? It's only for Gen Zers. or I don't like putting myself out there. People should come to my, my website. And 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 it's like a, a push and pull. You know, I even see people creating content around the idea of it's just a fad like any social media, which is
1: true. It can, it can be a fad. Well, it's going to die at some point in time. It's just a matter of is it this year or 10 years from now, right?
0: Yeah. But I just guess my point is, if you're a marketer, do you feel like you should be on TikTok? You should be on Reels. You should be on any other social media. But it could be LinkedIn. It could be anything. Do you think social media is here to stay?
1: There's many things I have to talk about this, okay? Please, please use it as your, that's at the table. Let's channel this down into two. So one of the things is I would suggest you need to have some type of social. And Lord knows, I'm going to date myself here, but Lord knows we have a big following on Facebook, oddly enough, right? Now that's going to die at some point in time. It's not, it's not even a question, right? Instagram is going to die. These are all going to come and go. The challenge is using it and weaving it into your business. If you have a social media and you're reliant on social media, then you're really exposed. But if we use it as a way to cultivate, if we use it as a way to bring in people, then it can work. One of the things that gets me about, this is the only personal thing about TikTok. And, and look, I am not a TikTok expert. So so please, for the love of God, don't quote me on this one, okay? <laughs> you know, you know I'm people to come for you. <laughs> like, one thing I, I love doing on Instagram. So here's an easy win for you. It doesn't cost you anything. If you're an IG, which, which most of you should be, Follow people like Success Group, follow people like The Mentor, follow inspirational speakers like, I think it's T.D. Jakes off the top of my head. Great inspirational pieces. That is what, how you can cultivate your own people. Now, are you going to have millions of people in the crowd? No, you're not because you're probably at home. You're just starting. You can follow me if you want. Is look ahead, marketing. We have all of, I think, 300-something followers. We don't we don't put a ton of effort into Instagram. With that being said, it is growing pretty rapidly because I'm building the content around myself. This is the one biggest knock I currently have against TikTok. And yes, I understand this is how people build stuff. They use other people's voices saying other things, and we dance to it. And look, if you're an influencer, it works. If you're a coach or a healer or a course creator, it's not really going to work because, again, you're not yourself at the end of the day, my friends. You think so? Interesting. You you and I might
0: have our first disagreement here. This is the only reason I, I love these type of engagement. It's a healthy dialogue. I do think that whether it's TikTok or anything, I think it's always important to have your own digital real estate, like your website, your podcast, any of these things, so that people can always find you. Because you know there are several iterations of social media that have come and gotten. MySpace, Vine, all those things. Well, one thing I have noticed on TikTok, <laughs> and the only reason I'm saying this is because TikTok is my largest audience. And I've seen how different audiences, to your point, can show up for you if you're authentic, right? For some people, it's a source of news. Some people, they use it for movie reviews. They use it for anything. I think it's just the consistency and understanding how you show up, just the way Instagram is now turning into a video platform, mostly because of that reaction to that. However, my thing is you can still leverage all these new social media platforms for success if you intentionally show up the way you are and your audience finds you and then you tell them where to go and understand how to build a business off of that. So, I mean, I think
1: TikTok is successful in doing that, but I hear your point. I think we're talking about the same thing. So in, in many ways, we're agreeing and disagreeing at the same time, right? So I think the agreement comes in, you show up on social media as yourself and you will win. One of the things I'm thinking about is when you started on TikTok, Ty, you I'm assuming you had a pretty good following already and TikTok kind of just helped explode. I, that, this is kind of the assumption to happen. I don't
0: I don't know about that. No. So when I had TikTok, it wasn't TikTok before. It was, um, I think it was Musical.ly. During the pandemic, you know, when everyone was home, I, you know, I was doing this, the same sort of thing. I just, you know, when to had a clever head, I was doing all the random dances and all those things. However, at some point, especially it was happened after George Floyd got murdered. I, you know, I run a diversity, equity, inclusion firm. It didn't feel authentic, to your point, to me to just do something that that was goofy. I felt like I wanted to really educate the audience. I remember coming up one day and I said, Look, I typically get a lot of emails during this time when something like this happens because, you know, this is the work I do. If you all are serious about this throughout the month of June, I want you to show up. And every day I'm going to give up hours of my day to just educate you and distill it down to one minute videos. And so I started doing that on TikTok across my platforms. And then that was when the audience grew. And so people just showed up and said, you know, I'm here to listen. So it was a whole month of June that year. And then that's when it grew. And then I just started just from there, just kept talking about, the human behavior study. So I had no idea what it was going to be. I didn't even want it to be anything. I was just frustrated that people keep asking me, how can I stop being racist? (laughs) And then, and it grew from there. So that's my story with TikTok. I didn't even know that it would be anything. It was just an outlet.
1: It's super interesting, right? It's almost like you captured lightning in a bottle. And Tayo, let me make this abundantly clear. I think you're the right person to do that. One of the things I, again, you showed up authentically and you brought your heart with you and you showcased it. To my point, I think that's my issue with TikTok is a lot of people show up and they do a pre-can dance to someone else's voice. That's not you, my friend. You were yourself and you and you brought it. And this is what I'm trying to encourage my people to do Is and I hope to God it's never as heavy as what you had to go through. The authenticity and what they bring is still valid.
0: I see the point you're saying. You're saying with a lot of platforms that give you tools to be popular off of using other people's IP, if you will, it does strip away that individuality or idea to really understand yourself or even just connect. And when people get latched onto that idea of let me do the same sort of thing, they lose their voice in the process.
1: What do you get paid for? It's a loaded question. And
0: I'm going to answer. No, no, right. no. I'm happy to do it. I, I, this is one of the next questions I was going to ask you because I like you. I'm a multi hyphen. I always say I'm a polymath in progress. So I'm a consultant. I run the and professor, speaker, writer, podcaster, all those things. And so to your point. It could be content creation. It could be a lot of it is consulting, it's speaking, it's being a professor, it's writing, right? I'm writing, working on my second book. And so there are various things out there, various outlets there. So for me, there's that. But to other people, maybe they don't have the same sort of multiple sources of income. And so if they put all those things on some platform, open to gain income using
1: someone else's voices, it can be a little disappointing. I'm guessing that's what you're heading. Well, not just that. Think about what you just said. You said author, podcaster, creator, like I'm sure you're like speaker. speaker prefer, yeah. We throw kind of all those things in there. It. It's creativity. You get paid for your creativity. That's fundamentally what it is. And so you create ideas and you create content and you create inspiration and you create from sometimes your failures from sometimes life lessons. Like You are a creator at heart. That's how we get paid all of us, whether you're in the coaching or healing or course creator, I, I don't care what it is. And you're always creating. We always need to be creating. This is one of my fundamental issues with the school system is it strips out creativity. It sure does. <laughs> right. We're always creative. I think my point to TikTok, I finally got around to it after five minutes of umming and awing, is that TikTok, you're not being creative because you're using someone else's assets as your own. All you're doing, you got salt, pepper, and sugar, and and you're just reordering which goddamn order it is. And if you have a descent from like, you know, Southeast Asia, let's say and you're used to making curries. You're not even going there. You're just using salt, pepper, and sugar. And that's it.
0: You know what, James, this is the beautiful thing about when two creatives get on here. We can agree on certain things and, dis- <laughs> and disagree. I do think you can do that on TikTok. However, the point still remains for anyone. If you're not leading with your creativity and you're relying on someone else's, it's never going to work. It goes to your larger point the reason I got into I became a professor during the pandemic is because I wanted to disrupt the entire education system. Right? That's one of my big goals. When I was in school, the career I have right now was not listed as a major. It wasn't even listed as a possibility. I'm Nigerian, you know, it was lawyer, doctor, engineer or failure. I didn't become a lawyer, doctor, engineer. And teachers would always make fun of the multiple interests I had. And so, I you know, I got pretty good at playing the part, right? Getting the right grades. However, I wasn't happy being myself. I believe, to your point, there are so many people who don't get to be childlike and have their creativity so suppressed up until the point where they have midlife crisis and they don't understand where that source of crisis is coming from because they haven't allowed their creativity to flourish. I think that starts from, from the systems where you participate, whether right? it's your family or school. So I like that your program exists because I, I don't think people even understand that they
1: have other options. You know, Tyle, one of the and I know you know this already, and I'm telling this for the crowd more than anybody else. There are many facets to being successful. You can sort of tell who's going to be successful right, on, right off the get-go. One of the biggest ones is conscientiousness, is like the prudence of where you are going. So the truth is, and Ty Lopez said this really well, let's say I have a camera in front of me. Let's say I want to go and touch the camera, and I reach for the camera, and I can do that. Now, that's magnetically north. Now, because of my schooling and programming, this is what I work with. It turns me exactly the opposite way, 180. So I start walking to get the camera by going walking away from the camera. Now the truth is, because the Earth is round, I will get there eventually. But the challenge is the half of the challenge that you and I face, especially me with my with my SBS program, Superpowered Business Success, is that I have to unprogram. What people have learned. Yes. People are always like, well, I need, you know, I, I need to, this to be perfect. Where does that come? Exams. I can't screw this up. Yes, you can screw it up because when you screw things up, you got more options in the, in the end, right? The challenge is people don't take action because they don't take action. You get stuck with fundamentally the same options that have always been there. Now, that is not progress, my friends. That is not you being perfected. That's that's being scared because you don't have a teacher telling you what to do. You don't have a boss telling you what to do. You don't have a parent anymore telling you what to do.
0: James, this is incredible, though. So by the way, I know you've mentioned your program. So what is the website? Just so that
1: the audience can start signing up right now. Awesome. I love this. I'm always going to say yes to promotion. Okay. And by the way, if you're in the space and you say no to promotion, because you're not there. You're not there. Yes. So lookaheadmarketing.com. The honest-to-God truth is we always have some really, really awesome freebie. So because it's in podcast land, I would suggest going lookaheadmarketing.com slash freebie with an I-E-F-R-E-E-B-I-E-K. Right now, currently, we have a guide. One of the things we're honing down on is making big money from small lists. So... The currency in the entrepreneur world and online entrepreneur world, a lot of the times there's a social media following and an email following. You're going to start at zero. This is the honest to God truth. There are ways to get big money from small lists. I'll give you an example. We had one person who had a list of five people. She had 12 people in her first paid program. Don't ask me how that works. It was really funny and really awesome. And she ended up making $4,000 on her first program from a list of five people.
0: Lookaheadmarketing.com slash freebie. Slash freebie. Okay. Now to go back to this. Can you tell the audience how you balance your career? Because you're a dad, you're a volunteer board member, you're part-time fitness instructor, you're business, a businessman, you do all these things. How do you find the balance? I bribe people, Tayo. <laughs> I mean, there, there's always that, right? You know, there's always that.
1: <laughs> it's what I said before. And there's a few golden rules around this, okay? It's about not just doing what you need to do. It's not doing the other shit. That is the bigger thing. The honest-to-God truth, and this is something we must realize. This goes back to school. So let me see if I can I can do this circle. The honest-to-God truth is, as an entrepreneur, you will have a million things to do. The things that you actually need to get done are usually the things that you don't do because the things that you try to get done during the day are what everybody else needs. And so you put everybody else's needs first before your own. That comes from schooling. That's the responsibility and accountability thing. The only way you're going to get ahead, my friends, is putting yourself first. And it sounds really crass and it might be so. And that is the only way you're going to win. Yeah, I like that. One day, one afternoon. So the truth is Fridays, I don't do anything, right? Fridays, I don't do anything because that's my thinking day. And it's probably the highest return on investment day I have can sit there. And I I think, and I, I don't turn on the computer. We just, we just, sometimes we go hiking or sometimes we go swimming or sometimes like, like we do things. And 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 what do you think we talk about on the way my wife and I, she's, she's inherently in the business too. What do you think we talk about? We talk about the business. That's where the stuff gets done. That's where the creativity happens. Usually you're driving and be like, oh my God, honey, take out Evernote and I need to write something down. And, and, and she writes it down and and there goes my, you know, million dollar webinar, but you need that space most people don't have that space. So I think to your point, the big thing here is going to be do the things that need to be done. Don't do the things that don't need to be done, even though it sounds really weird.
0: This is so good. James, you're really good at this because I always tell people to figure out their five core values, right? Figure out what it is that really makes you who you are and then try as much as possible to fill those value cups every day. And then when you're doing that, you're going to find, oh, I always used to like writing. For me, it's always been writing, sports, or any of these things. Even when I'm watching TV or doing something to stimulate my creativity, it might seem like rubbish to someone else, but for some reason, my brain processes problems through observing human behavior, so I watch that. But if I don't give myself the opportunity to even step away from doing the work that I'm supposed to be doing, I can't actually be best person to show up to be the best entrepreneur, best teacher, all these things, because I'm not allowing my brain and my creativity to be stimulated. Fitness is another one for me, right? It could be anything. It could be social interaction, really understanding what you need, want all those things, and then making sure that you fill in all those cups up, I think is so, so crucial. But we live in a
1: world that might shame you for doing something like that. Yeah. And then you believe that one of the top recommendations is read more. Oh, yes. This is like a universal truth. It's a universal truth. Like, read more, get more books. I don't care what you read. Like, like go find something that suits you and be okay with putting it down after the first 10 pages. You don't like, we've done that before. Too, okay? So my question to the audience, and you have to ask yourself is, do you make time during the day to read? Or do you make time during the evening to read? And most people will say no, because I'm too busy doing the things and listen carefully. The things that we are taught are important even though you're they're not, and you kind of know that already. But your programming, we talked about programming, your programming tells you you gotta do this. Ah, it is so good. All right, this is so good. <laughs> the other thing about this, is, and you know this as well I, I enjoy my life, Tyos. Clearly, you enjoy your life too. We are taught that. Work has, to. Okay, I don't know, I'm going to say this in no uncertain terms, work has to fucking suck. That's basically, it. That's, that's what we're taught, right? Like, I don't want to study for this exam, but the more I put myself through the grinder here, I'm going to, I'm going to end up doing it. And so you end up doing the work you are uniquely goddamn not suited to do. You have people who are training to be something that they hate.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm not, you hear it in school, I'm just doing this because, you know, for whatever reason, well, you can see that they hate it.
1: They hate me. you. Can't see this because, because you're listening to this, but I'm an evasion descent. Okay. That, I'm just, oh, there,
0: there's a video. A video I will, I will, oh, man, okay. I'm trying to do YouTube if, now. So,
1: yeah. So. If you see me, great. If you don't see me, I'm evasion descent. Okay. But what do you think we were supposed to be, Tayo? Exactly. You're a model minority, right? You're supposed to be yep. quiet, not sad. <laughs> <laughs> that, is true. that is exactly right. And it it's so silly and it's so sinister and it infects every part of our life.
0: Yes. This is, by the way, it's not to say that being a lawyer, doctor, engineer is bad, right? Those are great. We need that. Yeah, not, I, Please, let's have competent people in the fields. But it's not the only option for people, people to look like me, like me being black and you being of Asian descent. And it becomes something that we internalize, a lot of us, right? You know, even parents and people that love us, right? They're doing it out of safety. This is the idea that to tell us is um, it's going to give you security. That's the reason. You know, and if you come from a collectivist culture, don't shame the family name, all that stuff. But if we don't
1: unlearn all those things, what are we passing on to the next generation? That is really the question, and there's so many people who are stuck there. Yes, that is the challenge, and it's really sad. I have a number, a number, not a few, a number of recovering lawyers who are in my program, who have taken my program because they're like, honestly, it's, it paid really well, and I was sacrificing everything, including family and their self identity. Yes. yes, there you go. Well, if you don't want to sacrifice your family and self-identity, make sure. <laughs> Life is good otherwise. To Tyler's point, if, if you love it, then, then do it. If you love being an engineer, then be an engineer. Great. I, I don't care. But this is the other thing, that I and I know you believe this.
0: You can be an engineer and also something else. You don't have to be one thing. I really don't believe that anyone is truly one thing. There are multiple ways for you to do whatever you want to do. Don't listen to the world that says you can only be the doctor. You can only be that. Some of you might find yourself loving to teach bachata as a, even if you're, you're a doctor. So you do that on the weekends, but don't not do that. <laughs> That's a bad double negative. <laughs> don't decide not to do it
1: because of what the world is saying. Decide to do it because you want to do that. We have somebody in, in, in our program. This is really cool. We sat there and we're like, what do you want to do? And she sat there. And she was like, well, I do this and I do this. And and it all fell flat. And I'm like, and then then the question is, what do you do better than anybody else? And she's like, I wrap Christmas presents better than anybody else. Do you know how much money there is in wrapping Christmas presents for everybody else? Like, like imagine something like imagine the thing where you would charge $47 for a pre-recorded program just to wrap Christmas presents and you could have different levels and different upsells. And like, this thing is a goddamn juggernaut. But we we feel so embarrassed because we feel like other people are judging us. And so we don't go there. But then, then I got to ask you the
0: final question, because I, I know people already signed up right now. They've already been signed up. I don't want him to leave the interview without hearing this question. My final question is my mission statement reframed is a question, which is use difference to make a difference. So how do you use your difference to make a difference?
1: I think what I've learned throughout life, if I, if I accumulated all the things I've learned, weirdly enough, is if I'm going to fucking fail, I'm going to fucking fail on my own terms. And there's no uncertain terms to that sometimes here we get into questions of, well, what strategy should we do? And -and so-and-so does this. You you know, as well as I do in the coaching industry, so-and-so does this kind of often and -and so-and-so does this and -and so-and-so does this. And and I'm like, stop. Those are great. This is what we're going to do. And I want to do it. And if I can inspire other people just to be unashamedly themselves and bring out their genius, I think that is the thing that I want more than anything else. Because one of the problems in life is that, we always think about what about this person judging? What about this person judging? If we're worried about these people judging you, you will never bring out your genius. And if you never bring out your genius, you will never have raving fans, which you are guaranteed to have if and when you decide to stand tall in your own skin.
0: Perfect. That's a perfect way to end this. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I think you've woken a lot of people. I think you've reminded people that life doesn't stop once you hit 12th grade or you graduate from college, I think you remind people that the life is essentially a school if you look at it that way. And so you should take on those educations. Thank you for gracing us at your presence. I'll make sure to put the link in the show notes. Lots of ways to connect with, with James. Really appreciate you taking the time. Awesome, Tyler. That was a ton of fun. Thanks for having me. Pleasure's mine and kings, queens, and royalty Till next time. Use a difference to make a difference.